the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 30 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Good afternoon, Bay Area. This is estate planning attorney Bob Bergman, host of Plan Your Estate Radio, broadcasting from my offices in San Jose, California, in the Cambrian Park area of town. If you're familiar with San Jose, kind of tucked between Willow Glen neighborhood and the city of Campbell. So that's where I have my office here, and uh, that's where I'm broadcasting from right now. I I want to cover... Uh, uh, a, a lot of my my usual format today, but I'd like to lead off by um, by first of all letting everybody know if you've been listening for quite some time. I mean, I'm coming up on uh, I think this month I will have been on the air for three years now here in the Bay Area, which is kind of hard for me to believe that it's actually been that long. But uh, you know what? Time flies when you're having fun. And I've certainly enjoyed myself doing this show, and hopefully you've been both informed and entertained over the years. Um, I want to lead off the show today by by uh, repeating uh, to everyone out there that um, uh, whereas a few months ago I was talking about discontinuing, largely discontinuing my foundational estate planning practice, I have reversed that. And I am now um, embracing new clients for foundational estate planning. That foundational estate planning is what some people would call living trust planning, using living trusts as the basis for an estate plan to provide for the management of assets while you're alive and the eventual distribution of those assets after you've died. I do comprehensive estate planning involving living trusts. Uh, I will also do planning for those who have special needs family members that need to set up special trust for them, uh, typically called a supplemental needs trust. I do that type of planning as well. I also can set up life insurance trusts, which are special irrevocable trusts designed to hold life insurance on someone's life so that when it pays out, it is not subject to creditors' claims. It is not subject to uh, federal estate tax if it makes the estate too large. Uh, too large is a big number right now. It's $11.7 million per person. Uh, you have to have more than that to have an estate taxable estate now. But that's scheduled to drop down to roughly half that amount in uh, about the next 
Um, let's see, it's January 1, 2026, I think, is the effective date of the rollback of the federal estate tax exemption. That's part of our law right now, and it will kind of happen pretty much automatically unless a future Congress votes to keep it in place or votes to change it in some way, which could happen. Um, The one thing about the federal estate tax is it's a moving target, and it has changed so many times since I started practicing law that I'll tell you what, it could make your head spin how frequently it has been changed. Uh, It is a political football, and the two major parties fight over it whenever they get the chance. We haven't been fighting for a few years now, but that fight may uh, be coming to a Congress near you sometime in the next year or two. So just kind of be aware of that. A lot of the planning I do for married couples, for example, now is designed specifically to note that uh, that law may change. And for those who have an estate, a combined estate that is approximately half of the current exclusion, uh, that's where certain kinds of planning may need to be done uh, to make sure there's the ability for a surviving spouse to adjust the planning at the death of the first spouse so as to avoid that federal estate tax when the second spouse dies. I'm not going to go into a large analysis of that here on the show today. Just uh, to let you be aware, there are issues involved there. The second thing I want to throw out there is one of the most effective ways to avoid having a personal residence um, be um, available to have the state recover against should you need Medi-Cal for, uh, and that would be either for health insurance or for nursing home care or both, um, is to have your personal residence put into a trust of some kind. That can be accomplished with a revocable living trust. It doesn't have to be an irrevocable trust. And uh, just that relatively simple task can mean that if all you really have is your residence and not much else, you know, just, you know, a few thousand in the bank, maybe Social Security or a small pension, uh, but you have a residence and maybe a residence somewhere here in the Bay Area, uh, you might have family living with you in that residence. Uh, You may have a couple generations living with you in that residence. And you're concerned that if you have to go into a nursing home, that the state will come back after you have died and demand to be paid out of your residence, which probably means that it would have to be sold and there could be fifty, a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar bill from the state that would have to be paid. Well, I'm uh, putting together right now a new um, a new estate planning tool that I am probably going to call something like uh, the Medi-Cal um, residence uh, or the Medi-Cal Recovery Residence Trust, which will be a revocable living trust, very straightforward. It won't have a lot of bells and whistles. It will not enable you to do fancy estate tax or estate planning, rather, but it will be a trust along with the power of attorney an advanced health care directive, 
and then also transfer paperwork to put your residence into the trust, all as one package that is likely going to be quite a bit less expensive than the usual fees I charge for a living trust-based estate plan. There will be eligibility requirements, but I suspect that I will probably be charging maybe about one-third of my normal planning fees to put together this tight, uh, this uh, special uh, trust for people who want to have Medi-Cal recovery avoidance. Maybe I'll call it the Medi-Cal recovery avoidance trust. Let's see, Medi-Cal recovery avoidance trust, MRA trust. Um, So I'm thinking putting that together and offering it. If you would be interested in something like that or more information, Email me at radio, R-A-D-I-O, at lawbob, L-A-W-B-O-B dot com, and let me know if that's something that you would be interested in. I'm putting together that right now. I'm deciding whether or not to use my existing, very robust drafting system or acquire a, a less fancy drafting system that gets the job done while still being pretty robust. And uh, that is... Uh, So I'm looking for feedback from you, my listening audience, whether you think that that would be a good idea for you or for a parent or an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent or maybe even a family friend. Now, it's not going to be able to avoid the issues with uh, with Proposition 19. But I will tell you this, that um, it will avoid the issues of having to or being forced to sell a residence because there is a big bill waiting from the state that has to be paid. So we're coming up on the first break today. Uh, When we come back after the break, I'm going to address some comments that those of you out there who may have large real estate investment portfolios and float an idea to you. Um, But I'll do that after the break. This is Attorney Bob Bergman. Talk with you then. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio. Once again, your host, estate planning trust and probate law specialist, Attorney Bob Bergman. And welcome back. I just wanted to say as an aside, uh, because of my, uh, shall we say, senior status as an attorney, um, I I am now eligible to get uh, my first COVID vaccine shot at Kaiser, where I've been a member for many, many years. And I just scheduled my first shot for Sunday afternoon uh, of all times. And so I'll I'll let you know next week how that went. Uh, Hopefully it won't make me sick. And um, but that means uh, I'm on the way towards uh, becoming uh, no longer a threat to society, I guess. Uh, That being said, last week I had a a COVID test, uh, meaning I had to uh, endure the joy of having a gigantic Q-tip shoved up my nose and twirled around. Uh, Those of you who have had a test, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm surprised that some of my brain matter didn't come out after that. Uh, But I tested negative then. So, so far, I've managed to uh, avoid, as near as I can tell, avoid being infected for the last year. Of course, I could have been infected early on 
and had no symptoms of any kind, and then it was left my system, and uh, so nothing ever showed up. Uh, so uh, I first got COVID tested about, I think it was about April, April of last year. I volunteered, drove through the fairgrounds in Santa Clara County here, and uh, decided to endure voluntarily having that uh, Q-tip shoved up my nose. And uh, that turned out to be negative as well. So uh, for all of you out there, um, I asked my doctor, he said, you know, go for it. So, and I trust him. He's been my doctor many, many years. And I would say if you're eligible and you can get the vaccine, now's the time to do it. Um, You know, if we can have everybody in the country vaccinated by the end of May, which is the president's belief, um, that would be good as well. I'm looking forward to being able to have um, my state and and my county in the Bay Area open up again uh, to normalcy and my kids back in school in the fall, in person, in classes, able to spend time with and associate with all of their friends and have lunch together at school um, and see all their teachers and basically... Um, kind of be back the way it was in um, uh, January of last year. Um, That's what I'm looking forward to, and that's what I think those of us who have kids in school and kids in college and kids uh, and grandkids in the same situation or friends and family that have kids in the situation, I think we all want that to happen. So... um, Let's see, you know, if you can do your part, the time to do your part. I'll get off my soapbox now, but uh, but that's just something I think, uh, you know, I think it's amazing what happened that we have now three vaccines available, and that's basically in less than a year, uh, unprecedented in the history of the world to have vaccines uh, developed and released for use so quickly. Normally, it's years for a vaccine, and this was done in uh, in less than a year. Uh, I think the previous administration and the previous president, President Trump, deserve a lot of credit for that, and uh, and and hopefully, they will get the credit that they deserve for these vaccines being out there now for us to be using, so we can get our country back to uh, pre-COVID times. Now, I said uh, before the break, I said I was going to address some comments to those of you out there who have uh, real estate portfolios. Um, It it was a similar group that I talked to about doing Proposition 19 planning uh, back in uh, talking back in December and in January. Uh, My colleague here in in uh, San Jose that. Uh, that I was referring people to was able to actually do Prop 19 planning for about 100 families. And that is a remarkable number um, because it was just he and an associate and his small staff that managed to do that. They worked incredibly long hours and worked seven days a week for several weeks to accomplish that. And they deserve a lot of credit for that. But Another thing to consider is if you still have a large rental portfolio, uh, one of the things to consider is, is it time to move that, number one, is it time to move that rental portfolio 
out of the state of California, so it's no longer uh, subject to Proposition 19, which, as a brief refresher, uh, will force the 100% reassessment of those uh, rental properties when they're passed on to the next generation. And then a follow-up question is, um, are you getting the kind of returns from your rental portfolio that you really want? Uh, And then additionally, are you tired of the headaches of being a landlord with multiple tenants, uh, with the issues that come up with tenants, vacancy factors, all kinds of things like that? Well, I bring this up because uh, I have just made uh, connections with a company here in the Bay Area that is available with advisory services um, to with a program on how they can work with people such as you that have these uh, residential and commercial um, investment portfolios on how to co- how to take and convert those investment portfolios by way of exchanges into uh, high-quality commercial leases in other parts of the country called triple-net leases. I'm not going to explain in detail what that is, but if that's something you're interested in talking with me about or if you would like an introduction to this company that I'm working with that can explain just what they do for people, uh, feel free again to email me at radio at lawbob.com. Give me a little information about yourself, um, what kind of properties you have, the the approximate value of those properties, things like that. And and then uh, I will um, get back with you and then we'll figure out a time to put you in touch with the company that I'm working with that's helping people with this. Um, and, and this could also apply if you have just one rental property, but it's a significant size, you know, like a 10-unit apartment building or, or a large piece of uh, commercial real estate, something along those lines. So you can email me at radio at lawbob.com, or you could uh, call my office at 408-247-0444. Now, we're coming up on the second break of the show today. When I come back, I'm going to return to my usual format, which is questions and comments from around the state of California. Uh, I will also be taking calls if you'd like to call me, 800-516-1220. I'm happy to take your call on the air and uh, answer your questions if I'm able to do so. 800-516-1220. And uh, when we come back after the break... I'll finish up the show today with Plan Your State Radio. Talk with you then. This is your host, Bob Bergman. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. Hi, welcome back to the third segment of the show today. I'm continuing with my usual format today. I'm going to go to some questions and comments from around the state of California. Uh, If you're just joining me for the first time, what I do here is go over fact situations and questions that have literally been posted by people throughout the state 
and I pull them uh, from my email and then I state what the situation is and then I give commentary and, uh, and, and analysis. Uh, what I've found is that when I do this, uh, every now and then it strikes home with someone who's listening and they contact me because they're facing a similar situation. And that enables me to perhaps step in and help them out of that situation. Um, my function as an attorney is to answer people's questions and give them guidance and help them negotiate uh, things like uh, probate and trust administration, planning for incapacity, planning to avoid probate, and doing it in ways that are efficient and not tremendously financially burdensome. Um, that is what I do as an attorney. I'm not cheap. I'll let people know right up front. I'm not bargain basement. You're not going to find the work that I do in in the dollar bin at at your local um, you know depot or something like that. Uh, I'm not a software package that you can get out of the bargain bin. Uh, I do comprehensive detailed estate planning. I've been doing this for uh, 40 years now. I'm board certified as a specialist in estate planning, trust, and probate law, as certified by the California State Bar Board of Legal Specialization. Um, I had to work long and hard to get that designation, and I have to do uh, massive amounts of continuing education to keep that designation. So I'm constantly learning, constantly new, doing new things as an attorney um, and learning more things as we go. Uh, so... Um, I don't sit back and say, well, now I know it all. The one thing I'm, I'm clear after 40 years practicing law is I know things enough to fill a whole shelf's worth of books, but I also, things I don't know could fill several more shelves worth of books. That's just the nature of a field like estate planning. It is a very, very detailed field, and it's not an easy part of the law no matter what um, online services and ads you hear on the radio uh, uh, or the little ads you see in Craigslist or other places. Um, no matter what you read there, it's not a simple area of the law. And the problems that can occur when people try to do planning on their own, um, I could spend several shows just talking about the situations I am personally aware of where things went sideways and it took massive amounts of time, effort, and money to correct or undo the problems that resulted. So um, that's what I do as an attorney. I'm a specialist in this and that's why I have this show. I want to share as much as possible in this hour every Friday uh, information for people that may help them or their families avoid making a mistake. So here we go. Um, here is uh, one uh, situation actually out of San Jose, interestingly enough. Person said, my dad transferred the title of his house to my brother before he married my stepmother. And that was a mistake on my dad's part because there will be large capital gains tax when the house is sold. Now, why is that? That's because 
the father by transferring the title of his house to his son, this person's brother, also gave a gift of his cost basis in that property, which is basically pretty much what he paid for it. Uh, If he still owned the property at death, then the cost basis would be revalued to the date of death value. And if the house was then sold for at or less than the new value, the date of death value, there'd be no capital gains tax. And capital gains tax is a serious issue. Uh, at the federal level, it can be a 15 to 20 percent tax on the, the net proceeds, the gain, if you will. In California, it's taxed as ordinary income. So if you get several hundred thousand dollars of capital gain in one year, it's as if you suddenly got paid several hundred thousand dollars more from your business or from your employment. And you get to pay income tax based on those higher brackets here in California which is pretty much for one year. Um, You didn't suddenly start making a bunch more money, but the state of California treats it that way as a one-time event, and they're going to tax the heck out of you. So this person brings this up because he says, now my brother needs to transfer title back to my dad so my dad could put the house in his living trust to pass it down to all the children. Now the question here was, Um, With stepmom in the picture, do we need her to sign a quitclaim deed when the house is transferred back to my dad? Um, Says the stepmom is not on dad's living trust. And uh, really, you you really wouldn't have to have the mother sign a quitclaim deed of, of any kind if this is a literal gift being given back to the father by the son. And the father turns around, especially if it's gifted a married man as his sole and separate property. And then the father turned right around and transferred the property into his living trust. But here's the deal. Because of Proposition 19, the time to do all this dancing around was before February 16th of this year. This question came through. Uh, This morning, actually, uh, Friday, March 5th at 9.18 a.m., it came through uh, the location that I work with. And and it's like now, if the son gives the house back to his dad under Proposition 19, first of all, we don't really know um, offhand whether or not that counts as a 100% reassessable event. Um, I believe it does. I have had a chance to really do a deep dive into Prop 19 and parent-to-child transfers of a residence. If this, in fact, is uh, the father's residence, it may be that the property taxes will stay the same if the assessed value plus a million dollars, is not more than the market value of the property today. Um, But I don't know if that rule applies. I don't know if the transfer in reverse from a child to a parent qualifies for the exclusion from reassessment um, that a transfer from a parent to a child would have 
if the child occupies the property as their personal residence. Now, if you have no idea what I'm really talking about here, that's understandable. Proposition 19 is a mess, and uh, and we're still trying to sort out, and the Board of Equalization of the State of California is also still sorting out just what is it supposed to mean. And, and we don't really know a lot of things yet. Um, and they'll, they'll have opinions, but there may be assessor's offices in other counties that will have opinions. But there's, it's very possible that gifting the property back to dad could trigger a reassessment of the property taxes. And then the question becomes, what's worse? Paying capital gains tax down the line later on or paying increased property taxes year after year after year until dad dies? I can't really answer that question for a family. Uh, and, and I don't really know the answer as to whether or not there will be a 100% reassessment. It's a very, very simple question that was asked. And before Prop 19, I would have said, yeah, do that, no problem. Get it back into Dad's trust so that when he dies, it gets the step-up in cost basis when it's passed on to the children, and they can sell it and not pay capital gains tax. But that's not really how it is now. Okay, next question out of San Diego. Person said, I am the administrator for my mother's estate, and that means probate estate. All siblings have turned over assets that belong to my mom that were in their possession. They've turned them over to me except for one. Uh, this one sibling has rejected all inquiries on this, and I've recently learned the sibling has possession of some of mom's property. What can I do? The problem, they say, I'm handling this proper, meaning this person's handling it on their own without an attorney. The estate is modest, and to engage legal counsel could be too expensive. I don't really know what to say to somebody like this. If if there is a child that has property that actually belongs to the estate and you're in charge of the estate, you have an obligation to take action to recover that property for the benefit of the estate as a whole. Um, that may mean actually suing your sibling in court, maybe in probate court, uh, to have that property recovered. Um, and that's not an easy thing to do. And you may have to ask the rest of the siblings, do they think it's worth doing or not? Or do you just let it go as a family and try to move on with your lives? So we're coming up on the third break of the show. Uh, when we come back, I'll finish up the show with uh, more Plan Your Estate radio questions and comments. You can still call me if you'd like, 800-516-1220. I will take calls on the air in the fourth segment. But until then, I'll talk with you after the break. This is attorney Bob Bergman. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back to the final segment of our show today. I'm going to continue and finish out the show with more questions and comments from around the state of California. Uh, I still will take one call if someone would like to call in and has a question. It's 800-516-1220, 800-516-1220. Uh, if no one calls in, I will just finish out the show today with the questions and comments. Okay, here's one out of San Francisco. 
And uh, the person says, as a beneficiary, is there a way to stop an escrow on a sale I disagree with? Here's the situation. Trustees of a trust where I'm a beneficiary sold an apartment complex without informing the beneficiaries. I will say as an aside right there, um, trustees have an obligation to keep beneficiaries informed, reasonably informed, and something like that. Selling a piece of real estate in San Francisco, like an apartment complex, that's a big sale. And that's the kind of thing where the uh, the beneficiary should have been informed what was going on uh, before it took place, uh, before the sale took place, so that they could have input. And, uh, and because the trustees are supposed to be handling the trust property for the benefit of the beneficiaries, and the beneficiary should not be kept ignorant about what the trustees are doing, especially something major like this. Now, apparently the trust does give the trustees the right to do this, but here's the problem. This person says it's an insider deal way below market to a relative of one of the trustees. Okay, right there, that's a violation of the trust law, a violation against self-dealing. Um, that is probably grounds to have the trustees removed by a court for because uh, it's almost a form of like insider trading. Um, but selling something below market, that is clearly violating the duty of loyalty as a trustee to the beneficiaries of the trust uh, by not getting the best price for the property. And if it's to a relative of one of the trustees, well, then... Um, then that's grounds for a massive lawsuit all the way around right there. What can be done to stop escrow? It says we don't want to file ex parte, meaning with no formal hearing date, as we hear judges hate that. What legal means can we use to stop or delay the escrow? Well, it is going to take some kind of legal action. Um, I would say in a case like this, um, you would want to put together a petition to the probate court um, and submit it ex parte, have an attorney that can go in and give notice to the trustees that they're going into court requesting, um, and this would be a restraining order, uh, a restraining order with a hearing on a permanent injunction uh, or, or filing a lawsuit uh, in probate court against the trustees to have them removed for violating um, their obligations as trustees. And as part of that, if it's possible, filing what's called a notice of pending action, commonly called a Liz Pendens, uh, in the recorder's office of, in this case, San Francisco County, so that any title company in escrow, when they pull their final uh, title report uh, to close escrow, they see that there is now this Liz Pendens appearing on the property, and that will prevent the property from being sold. Uh, the escrow will not be able to close if there's a notice of pending action there. It's kind of like putting putting a gigantic stop sign on the escrow. Uh, this would be a very sophisticated thing to do. Uh, if it's already an escrow, this is not something to wait around on and hope things get better, the sun comes out. This is something these people need to act on immediately because if they don't act and the escrow closes, 
then they're left with basically suing the trustees for um, uh, probably suing the trustees for violation of their duty as the trustees and maybe suing the trustees and the buyer of the property, perhaps to um, have the property returned to the trust um, or at the very least having the trustees charged with and uh, try to hold them financially liable for the difference between what the trust received and what the trust would have received if it was a fair sale for market value rather than an under-market-value sale. That's going to be longer-term litigation. That's going to be something that's going to take a while to sort out. And um, But uh, something needs to be done right away, and it's going to have to go through court Because a trust is involved, it can be initiated in the probate court in San Francisco, which I don't envy anybody doing. Uh, But still, that's kind of the choice that you have. Um, If the trustees are not in San Francisco, if the trustees are in another county, it could be initiated in that other county, um, again, where the trustees are actually conducting uh, business. So that's something to keep in mind. Well, I'm going to wrap up for today. I just want to remind you, uh, if you have a large rental portfolio and you're interested in talking with someone how you could convert that portfolio into a commercial uh, lease, which is a triple net lease, and this would be triple net lease with very financially secure uh, companies, um, you can email me at radio at lawbob.com or call me at 408 408- Two four seven zero four four four, and if you're also interested in me pursuing a special uh, trust to avoid Medi-Cal recovery for someone's residence, you can email me your call as well. So until next Friday, this is Attorney Bob Bergman, Plan Your Estate Radio. Talk with you next week. You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com, L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com. Or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved.